0: all right welcome to the milestone that is episode 45 of solid 60 it is the 11th of march i've been really slow lately i'm going to pick it up though that's what i keep saying and you say it long enough or enough often enough it will happen so i do want to get into it quickly i'm going to talk about get shorty a little bit and then it's really hard to avoid i wanted to wait so i could give it its own episode but i will have to cover a little bit of uh, captain marvel which I saw recently. Uh, that's about it. I haven't really been going to the gym or anything else. I went to Max's birthday recently. We did an escape room. That was quite fun. Uh, it was based on an asylum. That was three rooms within the main area that we had to get out of. And yeah, I felt a bit like a fifth wheel. There was eight of us in there. Little too many, like they say, too many chefs and all that. Did find a few things though. So you know, I felt like in the end, I contributed somewhat. Always been a little bit anxious about those things though, like it's some huge test. But we did get out though. 40% success rate on that one. It's considered one of the easier ones, but we did get out with a minute to spare and only using like three clues. Yeah, can't be too upset with that. That's two out of two now that I've been in. We did better on the last one, which was years ago now in the city and uh i think there was only no there was a few of us at least five or six we got out of that too to go to one and not get out that would be a bit of a kick in the teeth i think if i went by myself i'd have real trouble i would just be like give me all the clues one day i can see why people get addicted you feel like a child again right rummaging through the rooms and finding jigsaw pieces and all different sort of using a blue light to to see numbers and things like that and connecting them all together it is quite fun so i can recommend it uh, that one was in Parramatta. I can't remember the name. They did send me an email, which I quickly, swiftly deleted. But uh, I will go back there at some point. That wouldn't be too hard to look up. I don't think there'd be more than one in Parramatta. So, yeah, I, I didn't know that were was still going, actually. I know that was kind of a huge trend back in the mid-aughts. And uh, like poker, that was really big for a while. And then Escape Rooms happened. And, yeah, I guess there's still enough out there enough interest out there to keep it going. But I will move on to get shorty. I've just got some trivia here in front of me and then I'll check out some reviews. I don't think they're as easy to come across from critics as movies. They don't have the sound bites jumping out at you, but it's still worth seeing what other people make of it because I really haven't looked at that yet. I do, did love it myself. It was a real, like, uh, just scrolling through the newsfeed or rather the browsing the library on Stan, which I barely use, I'm I'm a real like 99% Netflix, just out of habit user, but uh, I thought I'd jump over there for a minute, and I'd love the main actor, Uh, again, I've forgotten his name, something Irish, Paddy, the main actor's name, Chris O'Dowd, doesn't sound that Irish other than O'Dowd, yeah, love his work, and as I mentioned on a previous episode, he's got a lot of work, so it's going to take me a while to get through it all in my favour, really go down the rabbit hole but uh for now we're sticking to this the first bit of trivia is about the car which is a beautiful car until you well fuck it there's spoilers this wouldn't be as interesting i don't think like for myself i don't really read reviews unless i've seen the film books i can't really go by that because i read spectrum when i can and uh, that's just full of book reviews and yeah you can never have time to read all the books in the world let alone all the movies a few of the classics i've read about before seeing them. I do try and sort of avoid spoilers and things like that, or, or even discussion until I've seen it and then I can kind of relate to it a lot more, It makes sense. Yeah, and I'm sure a review of a book would be a lot more interesting once I've read it because I get to see the take on it from that critic. You just do not have enough time in the world. If I could freeze it now and then, I would definitely take advantage of that. But here we are. Trivia! So the car that he drives is the same one that Ryan Gosling drives in La La Land. I guess there's only so many that they have lying around on the lots. Whether they just hired it or the studio itself has a bunch, who knows. But there you go. The movie's namesake is Miles Daly's daughter. But additionally, the name of the fictitious Mexican drug cartel is Los Chapitos, meaning shorties. Probably a reference to ex-Sinaloa's El Chapo and his sons Los Chapitos. Okay, yeah, he has like 13 kids. So I don't know if you'd call them lost. I'm just saying lost because they're called lost I it just, it just means uh, shorties. Yeah, the shorties. I guess he's short, so they're all short too. Who knows? Ray Romano's shaggy hairdo was styled after the producer, Brian Grazer. Now I'm going to have to go have a look at him and confirm that his hair is indeed shaggy. Let's see what IMDb comes up with. It's still loading. I don't know why. I'm connected by cable to the internet, so it should be reasonably quick. Oh yeah, that chair is really shaggy. Face weirdly looks a lot like one of the other actors who is a real piece of shit, a piece of work. But yeah, that's some shaggy ass hair. Brian Grazer. (laughs) He's done A Beautiful Mind, Apollo 13. So I guess the hair is the only thing that they're based on as far as I can tell because the producer in the series, Ray Romano's character, does not make big name movies. It's more of a B grade straight to video type thing after he did that one art house flick and that didn't go well so he's never been able to please his dad since on june 10th the series held a screening of the second season premiere in austin following the screening a question and answer panel was held featuring creator davy holmes producer director adam arkin so i have to look at him because i'm sure well and his name kept popping up yeah but his father pretty famous alan arkin and actors chris o'dowd and lydia porter so that would have been something to be at. So, gee, he's been around for a while. He has done freaking everything. He's done, like, literally every TV show ever. Personal details. Biography. There's really not that much. It doesn't mention any famous relatives. Maybe Alan Arkin's, like, totally unrelated. And I just put them together. Yeah, I can't see any relation there at all. He was born in 1934, so he's certainly old enough to be the guy's dad. He's been in every single... (laughs) It's just, that's a long list. Trivia, well, you got trivia just about an actor. Father of Adam, Arkin, Matthew Arkin, and Anthony Arkin. There you go, let's confirm that. I don't know if the other two are similarly productive. Matthew Arkin has, he's an actor and he's done a fair bit of work. Jesus, so that's a successful family. Doesn't mention the other, the third son. Did he not have any daughters? He's had three, I'm so confused. He's got spouse, three, Susan Newlander Arkin. So that's who he's with now. Before that, it was Barbara Dana. Before that was Jeremy Yaff. Oh yeah, there it is, Anthony Arc. Actor, editor, and director, born in 67. done some good stuff. The Americans, which is a currently award-winning series. So we'll talk about a powerhouse of a family. He's the steady hand behind this series, which is one of my favorite ever since, say, Breaking Bad, things like that. Um, and it's, yeah, there are a lot of similarities. The series was renewed for second season, blah, blah, blah. The fictitious Mexican drug cartel Los Chapulines means the grasshoppers so it was created by davy holmes inspired by the elmore leonard novel of the same title it was reported that sean bridges lydia porto megan stevenson goya robles so a whole bunch of people joined the main cast in 2016 it's also reported that sarah styles had been cast in a recurring role yep that's the secretary so she's really cool she's a great actress in 2018 Amy Simon Alex Sawyer and Sonia Walga had joined the series. So they were slowly putting it together. Over like I guess two years. So August. say so coming up to the end of two thousand sixteen they got Chris O'Dowd and Ray Romano. This is more of a sort of background to how it all kicked off than like the say it's not the same kind of trivia you would get for a movie. Talking about like a lot of behind the scenes politics rather than the content of the show itself. So that's a pity. Cool. And we've got user reviews. We don't really have anything else. So maybe I'll look at. But if I go to say like Rotten Tomatoes, it's just going to take me to the original film, which was from 1995. Get Shorty season one. Hmm. 78%. Certified fresh. Audience score 96%. I don't know if they have reviews of the individual episodes. Episode one, the pilot. Nope. That's not. That doesn't have a score. They just score the entire season. And there you go critic reviews okay so i can read out a couple of them and it tells you where they're from so that makes it nice and punchy you got all the information you need Catherine g from daily telegraph could be g i'm not sure there's no photo no one forgets a title like get shorty meaning that a remaker and ad- adaptation will always be conspicuously recognized as exactly that and that's it that's just the start to a long review period which would have to be read, but she gave it four out of five, so that's good. Uh, Ed Bark. in short, a lot is very right, which may well come calling again during next year's awards season. Ooh. The epic series is a dark comedy, told it the length of a traditional drama. That it works, as all three, is why it works at all. This Get Shorty isn't like the others. That's Ben Travers from IndieWire. We've got Mark Sanderson from The Arts Desk. The yawning gap between the characters' fantasies and grim reality is what drives all of Leonard's thrillers. Oh, well, that's a good point. The series is as fun as it is brutal and as charming as it is revolting. That makes it a killer of a new series. Uh, and then you got some not-so-good reviews, so Josh Bell, Las Vegas Weekly. The showbiz material is pretty thin, and much of the series takes place in dusty desert locations, focusing on tired crime drama devices. I don't like to hear that. <laughs> I like those devices. Get Shorty on the whole feels like it's trying too hard to balance the darkness and whimsy of the story and to extend it across a whole season. Yeah, no. You're wrong. Alan from Uproxx. Gail Pennington. The dark humour and bursts of bloody action will satisfy some viewers, but the pacing is so leisurely and the characters are such sad sacks that Get Shorty could feel like a chore. Well, maybe to you, Gail from St. Louis. Do they say St. Louis over there? Post-Dispatch. That's uh, a very old-school name. And from Roger Ebert, you've got Brian Tallarica, a show that works in moments. You can't get a cast this talented together and not produce some interesting moments, but never the, develops a rhythm while you give it till season two. Hey, give it another chance. So yeah, you can get you know, plenty of reviews on Rotten Tomatoes of both TV and film. Good to know. I, I should review it. Add my rating. Am I logged in? I'm not sure. I'm not. Do I want to? Let's see if it remembers me. Let's try with Facebook, which it never seems to let me do, because I signed into Facebook using a phone number. Ooh, what pages do you want to use with Rotten Tomato? Okay, all of them. There's a bunch of weird questions here. I should have expected that. Okay, let's see if that works. I'll give it freaking five out of five. And then I did open up the user reviews on IMDb. Every Each character is a joy. The main player is wonderful loved every moment so much comedy and then bang it turns dark hopefully the next big hit give it a go it gets a bit better and better yes i'm a fan rolling season two nine out of ten so not very deep exposition there god there's so many there are so many i don't know where to start i'll go with the one that's up the top i don't know how they rank these i think it's by how many people found them useful so let's see if that is any indicator of the quality of the review The that one up the top was written by someone named jackson and it cute title it doesn't fall shorty oh god I almost want to throttle them just for that let's go the characters are very well written this is supported by the fantastic cast Chris O'Dowd does a great job of conveying a man willing to change but getting continuously dragged back into a life of crime It crafts fascinating characters who all have their own backstories and quirks. A character that particularly interests me is Amara, a female crime that is masterfully portrayed by Lydia Porto. It's refreshing to see a female antagonist written and portrayed in such an original way. All true. The stories that unfold throughout the first series are compelling. The relatable nature of the characters interwoven with the commentary on the film industry is perfect. The comedic elements also work nicely to cement these two unlikely components. I similarly like the crime genre style of this series, which pays homage to other films such as Pulp Fiction. One of my favorite storylines follows the character Louis Darnell, played by Sean Bridges. I like this character and his storylines because I find the moral conscience and humor of the character combined with his interactions between O'Dowd's character to be very intriguing. Yeah, that's got to be one of the best buddy... Not like a buddy cop thing, like a buddy hitman thing, which has got to be kind of rare. Overall, I would highly recommend get shorty as the series is a pertinent statement of the film industry wrapped up in a television series which is well written directed and acted i would give the series eight i would look forward to seeing the character arcs progress in the follow-up yeah season three seems to be green lit it's all getting very interesting like they've definitely written not quite a cliffhanger but it's ready to really keep firing on all cylinders let's put it that way uh so yeah really enjoyed that And that's all I can really say about it for now. Love Chris O'Dowd. Love seeing him as a menacing, yet still charming character. Ray Romano is good. I never really saw his sitcom. But this is much more interesting to me if he does stuff like this from now on. Uh, Even those characters, you end up hating the character a little bit. Because he just gets... He kind of makes... He's a real catalyst. Just out of his pure... And he's so naive. And you see him kind of slowly understand a bit more about the world he's in and yeah I like the way they highlight some of the things that Hollywood does very wrong uh, in terms of worrying more about the bottom lines and the art and the passion that they have for the projects like Chris O'Dowd gets really into uh, well, Miles gets very into the work and he'll basically put everything other than his daughter under a bus to make the film happen I I don't want to really spoil it too much for some reason because it's something I want to recommend rather than dissect after the fact I don't know if I've already spoiled some of it I spoiled something else but yeah so I'm going to leave that for now Uh, but bring on season 3 and it's almost time for lunch here I had a short day from Monday I am looking for something I shared a while ago it was one of my favourite local film critics and I'm going to yep Travis Johnson bring up his post and read what he's had to say about the recent conspiracy theories going around about Captain Marvel which is, oh, I've spent the last couple of nights just banging my head against the Facebook wall uh, at all these people that get, are getting so mad at Brie Larson. And I'm not going to discuss the film. That'll be the next episode, 20 minutes in now. I'll try and do this even for faster than normal. And, uh, yeah, try and chop these down as I go, because... I'm way behind her. I just want to knock some out yeah I do have to mention how upset I am with how easy it is for people to just jump on a bandwagon ignore all the facts and get things like the whole speech that she gave up for a wrinkle in time All she basically said is she'd like to see more critics of color and different genders that was it she wasn't trying to take work away from white male critics She said numerous times, if you watch the entire speech, that she doesn't hate white men. She just uh, wants to... It was all done in a very jokey, friendly manner. And she just said, yeah, I'd like to see more critics on set because this film was made for the women of colour. That's who's in it. That's who it's about. That's who the main audience would be. So why not have people like that coming in onto the set to do reviews? Because reviews matter. So that, to me, made perfect sense. But apparently a lot of angry white men... ...got very upset and called a sexist and a bigot and all this sort of thing... ...and racist because she doesn't like white people. She's a self-hating... ...and all this stuff and apparently Marvel's pushing some... ...SJW agenda and it's an agenda movie with uh, Captain Marvel and ...oh god... ...it's just... ...they're all so completely wrong because all they're listening to is each other... ...and no one... ...I can't... ...there was one guy that posted today... ...because I... I I ...got to admit I have been posting a little bit about... ...that in mainly my group Cosplay in Action about how upset it's made me and the usual trolls come out and I've called out quite a few and a couple of left like the one guy it was like and he started his comment with hey kid you don't know this and she's a sexist bigot and all that and all I said was yeah lad you haven't seen you haven't actually watched the speech have you and he promptly left the group so you know sometimes the trash does take itself out a lot of people in my position would just block anyone that sort of goes in that direction or, or goes too off message and i'm not the type to do that i like to try and as best i can debate these kind of people because i like to hope that maybe you can bring them back into the fold but i tend to end up just <laughs> throwing i get a bit frustrated and, and it just turns into a shit fight half the time so that's part of the fun and eventually hopefully i'll get better at, at learning how to uh maybe change some minds i'll uh, Patton Oswalt, a la Sarah Silverman, people like that who actually engage and have a lot of skill at the most ardent critic or troll and, and just turning them around. So that, that blows my mind and that's kind of my long-term goal. Uh, the one I'm going at the moment, that's <laughs> pretty unlikely, but I've got to keep chipping away. So this is what Travis said. There's a hashtag Comicsgate conspiracy theory going around that Disney is going to shut up Marvel Comics because all their SJW PC bullshit, air quotes, isn't making enough money for them. This, of course, is nonsense. All other considerations aside, comics work as a remarkably cheap, on the corporate scale, IP testing ground. Disney are very much in the habit of thinking generationally now. They want to sew up the planet, a la the villain in Snow Crash or Rupert Murdoch. Murdoch's mistake was trying to do it mainly through news media. Disney twigged that pop culture is a more effective vector, it's arguably more benign. Anyway, IP testbed comics are in a slump right now, but the superhero movie genre is booming, and the powers that be want that book to continue. Disney can afford to sow a big field and hope for some wild, weird plants to grow, and they don't need many. Guardians of the Galaxy movies are based on the 2008 reinvention of the team, for example. Captain Marvel is based on a more recent iteration of the character, mostly the work of Kelly Sue DeConnick. Going forward, we are absolutely going to see Kamala Khan on the big screen and I guarantee you you that Tom Taylor's work on X-Men Red will inform future filmic versions of that property. But much as I love Marvel and DC, I'm bipartisan. They're also the most boring comic publishers going, because they're the status quo. And the establishment always blows. A <laughs> little harsh, but okay. The best stuff is always happening off to the side, and you don't have to push too far towards the fringes to find the good stuff. And the good find surprising purchase in today's IP-hungry world. Warren Ellis talks about this in his newsletter this morning. I've always been interested in comics for their cultural fringe nature, their visual storytelling as edge case, not remotely fitting into the structures and shapes of commercial visual narrative. This is why elements of comics have always trickled back into the cultural mainstream. Comics are one giant cheap ass lab full of unpaid volunteers let loose with old machinery and out of date chemicals. So me and Ellis are on the same page, which is weird, but comforting. And maybe you should read, or I don't know, make some comics. And that, and that was it. And then there's a whole bunch of comments, including one weirdly from my cousin Nick, who I think only jumped on there because he, uh, I shared it. Because I was just, I rarely do share just like a, a post. Normally it's a meme or an article or something like that. But I just love the post so much I had to share it all on its own. And Nick popped in there and said, yes, the superhero movie genre is booming. All of them based off old characters and stories. Captain Marvel is the beginning of scraping the bottom of the barrel. Ooh, I doubt movies based off Kamala Khan's superpower Big Hands and Squirrel Girl, superpower Down Syndrome, and America Chavez, superpower Latina Lesbian, are going to hold much sway with the public. So he's already outed himself as an edgelord. And Travis responds Captain Marvel just racked up the sixth highest opening weekend in history, Chief. Squirrel Girl is in the New new Warriors TV series, America will crop up sooner or later, and Kamala is the most popular new character to come out of the Marvel stable in ages. Your weird ideological stance aside, you're just demonstrably wrong. Think up, son. Oh, I would love to be able to own people like this. And then he says, might just nip this nonsense in the bud with a quick block. Ah, there we go. So he can no longer see (laughs) any of these responses. Uh, so I jumped in and said, Ah, good old cousin Nick. Thanks for taking him down which much with much more nuance than I ever could. I would block him too, but it would make Christmas a little bit more awkward. Uh Peter Stein then comes in, another podcast host. My hearing is bad, but Nick's a downright travesty. Uh, some guy named Gerald. Just tell him at Christmas that you left Facebook. He seems to believe anything people tell him, unless it makes sense. Claire Jane Smith then says Gerald, or tell him that Facebook said so. That seems to carry even more weight. Yeah, so he copped a bit of abuse there in a friendly manner. So that was a cute little uh, interaction. I'm tempted now to click on the notification bar, but I'm going to leave it for now and go over to something I was reading about the Umbrella Academy on junkie.com because I have seen the first episode. It was a little long and a little obvious and earnest and slow did i mention the pacing is like 1990s-esque x-files it's just really drawn out i mean i don't know if it's because it's on i think netflix yeah it's one of those netflix originals and they're really moving towards that creating all their own worlds with the upcoming uh oh god what's his name the guy behind kick-ass he's gonna do everything so but hopefully they're a bit more punchy than this. Uh, that does have some interesting characters. There's some Easter eggs here that you may have missed from episode one. And then each time I come back to do one of these, I'll, I'll move to another episode. The first one is that we only see each other at weddings and funerals. When Vanya pulls out her book from Hargreaves' bookshelf and turns it over, you can see the endorsement was written by Gerard Way. It calls Vanya's book an incredible read, a revealing portal into the life of Vanya and the life she has lived. I couldn't put it down." Pogo reveals that after Five disappeared, Vanya would leave peanut butter and marshmallow sandwiches out at night in case he came home. When Five returns, the first thing he does is make himself a peanut butter and marshmallow sandwich. We see Hargreaves monitoring all the children in their sleep in a flashback. The fact that he was watching and testing Vanya as part of this is a clue that he didn't believe she was ordinary after all. So I don't know what his tactic was in terms of just sitting there telling her that she's completely useless and was not special like the rest. Basically, the guy that assembled them, even though he pulled them out of otherwise mundane existences, mostly in third world countries, you've got a real sort of rainbow group there. There's the black girl, the Asian boy, a couple of disaffected white kids that just hate life, and uh, some Latino boy. So they're from all over the spectrum. And yeah, he pulls them together and just is a complete monster <laughs> but with a lot of money so it's like fancy monster they do drills they do a lot of training you've got them comp- monitored 24 7 and it's all a little creepy when allison enters hargreaves study you can see a frame clipping about the eiffel tower a reference to the first issue of the comics the day the eiffel tower went berserk in which the young umbrella academy stop an attack in paris and discover the eiffel tower is a spaceship of course it is so that's all i have for that i'm going to just say that Again, it was slow, but intriguing. I just have to adjust my frame of reference a little bit when watching it and to make sure I've cleared my schedule for the afternoon because, yeah, it's, it's a slow ride, but ultimately I think it's worth going, going through it because uh should be some interesting twists and turns and some of the characters are really interesting. The boy that comes back after missing for all those years is suddenly a 50-year-old in a 9-year-old's body and there's some interesting interactions there where he goes to a coffee shop and orders it Strong Black and the look he gets and then suddenly there's a hit squad and it goes pear-shaped but he... one of his abilities is to basically teleport and he uses that to... Uh, very kinetic and energetic it's almost like a finale the way he takes down this hit squad yeah, so when it does kick off, when the action does pick up it, it really... they seem to know what they're doing and it's quite easy to follow and yeah entertaining stuff so you just have to stick it out that's just on 30 minutes hopefully a little bit less once i've chopped out a few things here and there that's probably what i'm gonna finish up on thank you for getting this far if you have (laughs) let us know what you think on the solid 60 facebook page i'll definitely see it and respond so there you go wrapping it up for the 11th of march peace out have a solid week